Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to talk metal? I'm Neil Wanell. This is the All Talk Edition of Metal Mouth. Three four seven two one five seven five zero zero. That's the phone number to patch you into the Metal Mouth Studios right here on the far south side of Chicago. Talk about anything you want, as long as you keep it metal. That's right, I'm Neil 1L, 347-215-7500. That phone number will patch you right into the Metal Mouth Studios here on the far south side of Chicago. As always, my host, my co-host on the East Coast, Japan Nick. Nick, how you doing tonight? Doing awesome. Real excited good, good. for tonight's show. Yes, me too. I think our guest is holding on. Oh, Anything you want to say before we get started? Um, I'll wait till uh, Bruce gets on. Uh, one of his friends uh, wanted to give me a shout out for him. All but, right, I mean, well uh, he's Bruce on now. Legendary uh, singer for Rigor Mortis and Warbeast. Um, everybody's uh, wondering about the Statunators concert as well as the upcoming Rigor Mortis show, and a lot more details, too. Are you there, Bruce? Yeah, what's going on, man? I'm here. How, how you doing? Doing good, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, thanks for coming out. Thanks for coming out. Yeah, just yeah, let me know the rules out, if I'm not supposed to cuss or whatever, you know. In advance, oh, no, this let is the internet. This is, uh, this is uh, our one session on the internet. You can say whatever you want. Talk about what you want. Well, fuck yes. All right, there you go. <laughs> I think uh, Nick has got some questions for you. We can get started. Okay. Yeah, just, uh, What's up, Nick? Uh, doing well. Just uh, got back from Maryland. Death Trap had a fucking badass time seeing Venom Sunday night. Oh, and, man. Uh, awesome, dude. By the way, uh, your friend JW wanted me to uh, say what's up to you. And, um, oh, J.W., man. He's one of the best guys out there. Um, Mike Scotch is number one fan besides me and a you know, big-time supporter of, of all of us guys from Rick and Mortis and Warbeast. Love you, J.W. Hope to see you at the Scotch show in a couple weeks. Now, like, wondering about um, the uh, Mike Scotch concert with the uh, Scotchinators, have you guys decided on... Um, which rigor mortis songs to be sung, and will it be like you are going to be singing strictly stuff from the self-titled album and Slaves to the Grave, and Doyle's going to be singing Freaks and Verse the Earth, along with Kate Yor doing selected songs like Dying Pain. Are you guys going to be mixing it up? Yeah, that was the plans. We were, uh, you know, going to do songs from all three rigor mortis releases. Casey was going to sing a couple songs, and uh, Doyle was c- is coming to town, of course, for this. And Doyle was going to get up for like four or five songs, and you know. But I think you, some of you out there, and I'm sure you've heard Nick about what happened with our drummer Harden Harrison last mm-hmm. week. So, uh, you know, the bad news is 
Viscationators are not going to be able to perform that night after all, which, you know, is a bummer. We were really excited and looking forward to, you know, paying tribute to Mike and playing these rigor mortis songs. And uh, But, you know, that's just something that happens, you know. Harden feels bad about it, but we reassured him that we will do this again sometime in the future. And those that didn't know, I mean, Harden had a little accident last week putting his motorcycle away, and it kind of tipped, fell over, and he, you know, grabbed, reached out, and the weight of the motorcycle pretty much, you know, ripped his rotator cuff, and, and it's, and it's it tore two of the muscles there, and so he's got to have surgery on June 6th, and it's a long process. He's going to be in a sling for like two months, so mm. unfortunately we ain't going to get to do it at this uh, this first Mike Scotia tribute. At least he's going to be okay, though. I mean, it could have been a lot worse. Yeah, that's the way we're looking at it. We just hope for a speedy right. recovery and that he heals up and that he's able to play drums and uh, only the way Harden Harrison knows how to play right. drums, of course. Right. But it was going to be fun. I mean, some, you know, me and Doyle, we're going to get up and be on stage for the first time together at the same time. But we're still going to have a, a great show that night for Mike. we got a great lineup, but... uh. I'll hold off on that in case you've got some other questions or something. All right. No, no. Uh, feel free. Like, do go on about this lineup you got. Well, you know, of course, the you know we got Goat Whore coming from uh, Louisiana to be the headliners. And, of course, we go pretty far back with those guys, great friends of ours, and they always they always loved Mike and Rigor Mortis. So they were uh, cool enough to, you know, say they'd come do the show. Another thing, uh, we got a couple of really exciting things. Uh, Hammer Witch, which is also a band that was based out of New Orleans and moved to Texas, our area, back around 85, 86. They are doing a reunion show just for Mike, and um, it's pretty much what got them back together for this. And it'll be their first show in almost 20 years, so, I mean, that's that's really special. And then and Rodney Corpse, of course, as you know, Nick, they they're another band from our area, around the same era as Rigor Mortis. We were like the first two thrash underground bands from Dallas-Fort Worth area. And when we mm-hmm. first met them guys and saw them, that was like Mike's favorite band, all of our favorite band. But they had John Perez in the band at the time, as you guys know, went on to form the legendary Solitude Eternus Doom Band. And I told John, man, I go, man, Mike, he would have wanted it to be with you, you know, if you guys play, he would have liked for you to be part of it, and the cool thing is John Perez is going to play the entire Rotting Corpse set, and it'll be the first time since like 87 that he's done an entire show with with Rotting Corpse, and then of course, uh, Warbeast is going to play that night as well, and Casey Orr and the band, now it just made sense for us to go ahead and, and play that night too. Right, right. Well, and what we're going to do, we're not going to, yeah, it's great, and people were like, mm-hmm. aren't you going to add another band, and we thought about it, but what we decided to do is instead of adding another band, we're going to go ahead and show like this 45 or 50 minute movie tribute to Mike that I've been oh, wow. working wow. on, and uh, I've got like several guys out there editing different parts for it, it's going to be really cool, it's going to be a lot of unseen footage, um, I've been working on a documentary, interviewing all these Dallas-Fort Worth musicians that formed the underground back then. For all, you know, I've been getting these interviews for like six years, so some of this is I'm breaking out of the 
freaking out, you know, archival footage that <laughs> no one's seen. I've kind of been holding it back. So I've got all kinds of musicians talking about Mike. And the best thing mm. is uh, we did this really in-depth interview with Mike Scotch himself the year before he passed away. So there's a lot of some highlight clips from Mike's interview. And then we recently just got the uh, footage from the making of the new Rigor Mortis album. And we're going to show like 10 minutes highlights from the making of the new album. And a few other things that go in with this 45-minute tribute film to Mike. So that's what we're going to do. The first hour, we're probably going to play an hour of Scotch's music from all his bands. Then the second hour is going to be the the movie tribute. And then we'll start with the... uh, regular lineup of bands and if if you've if you've noticed we've got a on on our pages we've got a a huge raffle man just so many people from all over are donating so many cool items we're gonna have like five five guitars to give away and mike scotch's daughter mike scotch's daughter sarah has done this really beautiful painting casey orr's done a painting all kinds of stuff and it's probably going to raise a whole lot of money that night and hopefully everybody goes away with something to show for uh buying these raffle tickets you know uh definitely sounds like it's going to be a good time yeah it is that's what we're all about you know this night Mm -hmm. is a chance for us to finally uh you know it's been a few months now and and uh you know we want to celebrate mike's life and it's on his actual birthday so we want to celebrate his birthday and we're going to have a good time sharing our memories and paying tribute to the man. He deserves it, you know. And of course, right. it's going to be a little little sad at the same time for some of us and his mm-hmm. family because the fact that he's not here. But this is our chance to, to have fun, you know, and um, right. think about the good times that we shared with Mike. Now, Bruce, how much talk has there been about turning the Mike Scotia Memorial Concert into, like, an annual event like the Ride to Dime Concert song? I'm pretty sure that is exactly what's going to happen. Um, oh, wow. You know, we'll probably do something like we're doing this time every year, but I know his wife and his daughters have uh, wanted to start, like, a heart foundation thing in Mike's name and do their own concert mm-hmm. as well. So they're, they got something in, in, in the works, too, you know. So I think, you know, you're, it's pretty safe bet that there'll be some annual Mike Scotia things, especially around here in Dallas-Fort Worth, where he's, you know, grew up and started his musical career and everything. Did you get to hear much of what Sarah and uh, Mike's wife were planning as, like, another type of concert? I'm sorry, I didn't catch the first part of that, Nick. Okay, sorry. Um, did you hear um, Sarah, Scotia, and uh, Mike's wife talk very much in depth about the, what they wanted to do at their concert, too, or was that just kind of like um, a little bit of a passing conversation with not much um, an idea yet? No, it's... Well, yeah, they don't have a, a date or anything. Um, we've talked to some, I know they've talked to some bands, some bands that was hoping to be on this show, but then we thought maybe they'd work better for the Heart Foundation show, so the one they're going to do is more of a variety of bands and music from bands from all over the U.S. and different styles of music. The one we're doing, obviously, is more of 
you know, where Mike grew up, his roots, you know, the early bands from the early days around here. Um, of course, you know, a band like Goat Horror, who's, you know, mentions Rigor Morris as an influence. So it's going to be different types of tribute concerts to Mike, the Heart Foundation one, and then the one we do every year. Cool, cool. I recall reading on Blabbermouth some months back that you were planning on writing a song about Mike Stasi with Warby. How is this developing, and have you written any lyrics for it yet? Well, what we, you know, what, what happened with that was uh, when we went to record Destroy, we recorded like 11 songs at the time, and then when we got finished, we decided to like edit it down to nine, so we held two back, and one of them was the song I wrote about my brother called Nameless and of course that was the bonus track in Europe and then the other song was called Monster and I've already recorded vocals for it but <clears throat> Philip Anselmo came up with the it was a great idea he was like you know we should do a, a song about Mike and and take that song Monster and you know throw your lyrics away and, and start fresh and write lyrics about Mike and Phil wants to help me with that so that's what we're going to do and I haven't really started. I've been thinking about it. I I tried a couple times, you know, to work on the lyrics, but I think it was just too close to when the uh-huh. tragedy happened and it was just I just would break up and it was it was just too hard for me and I just needed to give it more time. So I can do uh-huh. you know, I can write these lyrics without it, you know, being a sad thing. I want it to uh you know, I don't want it to be a sad thing. It's, I don't know how to explain uh-huh. it. I just I wanna talk about Mike and, and pay tribute to him in a better way than me writing while I'm still grieving. And I'll always grieve, but I'll oh. be stronger. You know, I'll be stronger, so I'll be able to exactly. to put these lyrics down. Wow. And then what we'll do is just release those two songs, you know, as a special two-song thing, probably with a picture of Mike and then on the other side a picture of my brother. No time right. frame, but I'm sure... I'm sure that's going to happen sometime um, definitely this year. At least. Forward. Yeah, it's really cool, man. And, it, you know, it's, I feel so lucky to uh, be able to, you know, show my respects for two people that meant so much to my life like that. Right, right, exactly. I'm a little bit of a tangent now. Your band Rigor Mortis was notorious for loving horror movies. Do you remember, like, the craziest nightmare when you guys got from watching a horror movie over the years? Well, you know, that is true. I mean, that's basically all we did was, back then, was jam and then, and then you know, get stoned and watch horror movies, and that became a big part of, part of our lyrics and our image and everything. But, you know, by then, we're, you know, guys in our 20s, and we're crazy guys, and I mean, mm-hmm. if any of us had any nightmares, none of us would have admitted it anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so it wasn't like at that point we were really having nightmares. I I might have had a couple when I was, you know, like 12 after I saw The Exorcist or Chainsaw Massacre. Uh-huh. But, you know, by then we weren't really scared of watching horror movies. We enjoyed it. And a lot of them, as you know, B-movies, sometimes they make you laugh, so... Right, right. Just something we're into, man. You know, and the gore. You know, uh-huh. it's, it's just it's just a, a type type of art that we appreciated. You know, to be able to do special mm-hmm. effects to make it. You know, you can chop someone's head off. That's that's a skill in itself to make it look like that. It, you know, so we just appreciated all kinds of art and 
talent like that. Alright, alright, cool. Now, when the Scotch Manager show does happen, do you expect any of the Rigor Mortis songs to be performed any differently than they were on the albums that they originally appeared on? Well, I mean, for one thing, you know, Mike Scotch is not there. <laughs> so, yeah. he he pretty much created the Rigor Mortis sound. You know, Casey and Harden, they, <clears throat> they were all a part of that. I mean, I, they came before me and and pretty much, you know, but Mike's unique picking style and his speed is just what, you know, it's, it's the sound of rigor mortis. So naturally, it's going to be different. But, but you know, we we have some great guitars that's going to come in and try to, you know, play these songs with us, and they're going to do their best. But no one can play exactly like Mike. You know, there's one guy around here that me and uh, Scotty have known over 30 years named Mike Taylor, who is in a band called Rabbit Flesh Eaters. And he used to just hang around us back when me and Mike were in our first band called Spectrum. And he actually started playing guitar because of Mike Scotia. So he actually learned to play the unique picking style that Mike Scotia plays. So if anyone can do it even close to Mike, it's it's Mike Taylor. And he was going to be the uh, sort of the the guy that helped us hold it all together, he was going to play on every song, and then we were going to bring up the other guys, the other guitarists, the special guests, you know, and of course Scott Shelby and Bobby from Warbeast was going to do a song with us, and then Doyle, you know, was going to come up, and we had different people, and of course, um, you know, even Sammy of Goat Whore and Ben wanted to get up and do a song with us, so, uh, you know... To answer your question, of course it's going to be different because Scott is not there, but we were going to right. do, you know, as close as we could, and and um, it'll never be the same, but, you know, we were going to still do our, you know, tribute rigor mortis set for Mike, mm-hmm. which, you know, is why we announced right off the bat that rigor mortis won't continue, you know, as a, and never play shows under the name rigor mortis or try right. to do another album because... I mean, for one, we just wouldn't do it anyway without Mike, and number two, you can't replace Mike Scotia. Right. Yep. With your band spectrum, were there ever any recordings that may ever see the light of day? No, you know, spectrum. We were just teenagers and getting in our first band, and we were we didn't even have originals. We were just playing a bunch of Black Sabbath and Aerosmith, and UFO, and Hendrix, and and just, you know, all of our favorite songs back then for, like, you know, we're talking about 1981 or 82, Iron Maiden or whatever. Um, but, no, we never did record because, you know, it didn't ever get that far before Mike ended up going on his own way and then me finally after that. So it was, uh, Rigor Mortis was actually, I think, when, you know, Mike started really started writing originals. Okay, now, the case he's seen in Warby since earlier this year, have you been able to add any changes or nuances to any of the songs in your set? Well, you know, Casey is a professional bass player and has been doing it for so many years, too, and so many bands that, I mean, he's obviously, he knows what he's doing. I mean, like I said, he's a professional He's got a good bass tone. He knows what he's doing. He's a great stage presence. So, to me, I'm not going to knock 
my former bandmates because I love those guys and they did a great job. But, you know, Casey has always been, you know, a great thrash bass player. And that's what Warbeast is. So he fits in perfect. And to me, I think we're sounding better than ever, you know, as a live band. And it has a lot to do with Casey. Plus, we've just now, after five or six tours and being together so long, we've done hundreds of shows. We just, actually, we're going to hopefully get better over time. You know what I mean? Imagine you, Casey, and uh, maybe Harden, they uh, record a, a song or for Warbeast down the line. I don't, I don't know if it'll ever happen. Like where Harden records anything with Warbeast, who knows? Though, um, I think, you know, I'd I, I'd love to do something with Harden again and Casey. I just don't know what it would be. Uh, we, uh, you know, a lot of the songs with Warbeast are require double bass drums and Harden a single bass player different styles so maybe it wouldn't be but who knows like I said who knows we're probably going to use a a different drummer for the the upcoming tour we're doing in August with Phil Anselmo's and the Illegals solo band his first solo tour because Joey of course our drummer is playing in Phil's band too and and we know Joey is such a bad motherfucker that he could have played both sets and we were Probably, you know, we were considering doing that at first, but it just mm-hmm. turned out that it seemed to make sense that we go ahead and get another drummer to to fill in, and then that way there's there's certain other things too, like War Beast is playing the Guarbecue, um, mm-hmm. and it's during that tour, so we couldn't, you know, do both shows the same night kind of deal, so. Right. Right. Um, we could we couldn't get um, Phil on the Guarbecue for some reason, and it just it turns out it's a it's a good thing that that we're doing this because I'm sure there's going to be other future Phil solo tours, and Warbeast won't be on them. So if it ever if like Joey's off for a few weeks doing Phil, and we get some great offer to do something, then we'll have a a drummer ready to go when we mm-hmm. need him. Mm-hmm. Now, back on on Rigor Mortis. Can you draw out some names of uh, new Rigor Mortis songs that haven't been talked about that much in the press yet. Yeah, sure. I mean, I know, of course, all the song titles. I'm not sure which ones you know about. I think me and you had talked about the Gladiator song before, right, Nick? The one called Ludus yeah, Magnus. Yeah, that and then a, Yeah, that was the one where Al Jorgensen uh, did the guest vocals. But anyway, you know, we got Poltergeist, obviously, you know, based on another horror movie. And then we got one called Reign of Ruin. It's I'm not we might have talked that about that one. I'm sorry, Nick. Yeah, we, yeah, we did talk about that one. But there's uh one that I wrote called Fragrance of Corpse, which is a pretty cool one. Kind of in the the vein of a chainsaw massacre or something because <laughs> it, it's pretty much just about a loner guy that has no friends and he's just he, you know, so he goes, and it's also a modern-day Frankenstein kind of story because he goes out and kills people and cuts off different parts of their body, and then he, you know, builds them, and and, and he leaves <laughs> them sitting around his house pretty much, and so that's his friends. There's a bunch of uh, corpses that he's put together, and uh, that's huh. where you get the title, The Fragrance of Corpse, you know, so... Huh. 
And that's one of them. We got one called Ancient Horror. Not Horror. <laughs> Horror. <laughs> Sorry. Horror. Okay. <laughs> and then, um, let's see, what else? Curse of the Draugr. And, I don't know, Flesh for Flies, which is based on Chainsaw Massacre Part 2. So, there's a good mm-hmm. chunk of the songs from the new album for you right there. Uh-huh. What is Curse of the Draugr? about lyric wise. Um well Casey wrote that one. It's kind of like a Nordic type Nordic type of uh ancient warrior that was reanimated and Viking kind of deal. Uh I think the word originally back then mean meant ghost or something. But yeah, it's kind of a like I said, an ancient warrior that's been reanimated. It's pretty cool. You might have to just do a you know, Google search and and read about it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Neil, you got any questions for uh, Bruce? Uh, no, I think you pretty much took care of everything, Nick. Nick's taking over a, the show tonight. Uh-huh. <laughs> I got a few more left. Um, now, All right, we got a couple more minutes. Got any news on releasing Slaves to the Grave or maybe a re-release of uh, the self-titled album? Well, the good news is we just got a whole batch of brand new CDs of the self-titled album ready to sell, and we're going to have them at the mic show, and then we're going to put them on our website that's coming soon. So there you go. I know a lot of people have been waiting for that. And then uh, Slaves mm-hmm. to the Grave, we're just now into, you know, getting into some serious talks with a few labels, you know, and trying to figure out if if we can find a label that'll that'll do us right and put it out. And Mike always, we all had talked, Mike even always just said, you know, it might be something we want to release ourselves. So that's still an option there. But, you know, mm-hmm. we're not in a real, you know, big rush. It's finished and ready, and it's a great album. Proud of it. We're just, we're just going to make sure we do it the way we want this time. And if if there's any labels that say the right things and offer us the right deal, there you go. If not, well, we'll just do it ourselves. Now, with this um, new issue of uh, the self-titled album, um, how is it different from the other three CDs, like the Capital one, the Old Metal Records one, and the uh, reissue you guys put out yourself? Well, Kerry Crafton, our engineer, he, he, you know, I think he put it into Pro Tools and just did a little some minor mixes to it. He couldn't do too much because. We've, no one has the master reels of that original album, so we can't do too much to it. It's right. pretty much, you know, the one that we put out ourselves, or Casey did, in the early 2000s that just finally sold out a few years ago. Um, mm-hmm. It's pretty much going to be like that, with just a minor mixes done to it. So, But the thing is, people just after a few years couldn't find it, and then you see that people have to pay extra money on eBay to get a copy, and we don't believe in that. So and we're just doing it so anyone that wants a copy can buy it for a regular price. All right, cool. Now, you also have been writing a book. Um, can you describe some of the events in your book that you're currently focusing your writing on right this moment? Well, there's so much that has happened in my life in the last, you know, couple of years. I I get behind on it, but everything I'm writing is is recent years, you know, with 
with all the tours I'm doing and getting to go to Europe and, uh, you know, recording new albums with both my bands last year. And then, of right. course, you gotta you got to put the stuff in there that's even even bad stuff, like, you know, Mike, you know, what happened to Mike on my 50th birthday. And um, so, yeah, I just... It's just this. It's just recent years I'm trying to get caught up on, and luckily for me, I started this book way back in like '97. As far as just jotting down all my rigor mortis stories, so I pretty much got all of that covered. The stuff that happened back in the '80s. So, thing is, just more and more stuff keeps happening in recent years that I'm like, more chapters, more chapters being added. <laughs> I do right. not know exactly. <laughs> I don't know exactly when I'm going to, you know, decide that it's a good time to go ahead and put it out, you know, but mm-hmm. it's probably going to be soon now that I've turned 50, and I'm just kind of waiting to see what happens once we do get this rigor mortis album out, and, and um, right. then I think I can finish it off. Mm-hmm. Now, what about the, uh, the documentary film? Is that going to be released on DVD at all? Yeah, it is, and that's another thing, man. I mean, people probably start doubting I'm ever going to do any of this stuff because I worked on it for so long. But then again, I, when I'm going through this footage now for to put this tribute to Mike, even though it's only little parts of it, I'm so grateful mm-hmm. that I thought of doing this stuff years ago, and it will be on DVD when it comes out. And I've just gotten mm-hmm. you know, 50 hours of interviews and... Mm-hmm. And so much accumulated that it's just going to be a matter of sitting down with my editor and writing a script and, and putting it out. Right. But you know what? I just the good thing is I got so much from all those bands that after what happened to Mike, I've been talking to Casey Harden and Jenny, Mike's wife, and I want to go ahead and just do a rigor mortis one with all the stuff I've got first. And you know, mm-hmm. I'll still have enough to you know put rigor mortis in the the DFW Underground documentary as well, but. That'll that'll be my next right. next project is uh as soon as I get finished with this Scotia show, I think I'm gonna start getting to work on the rigor mortis documentary. Oh. Now Bruce pretty much the last question I have it's more of a I guess a general look at uh at the industry. Like thinking back on past albums of yours recorded in the studio. What type of advice would you give young bands on what to do? what not to do when recording for debut album. Wow, that's always tough because, you know, we made a lot of mistakes on our first album. Um, you know, I just would, I would say just never rush it and and just settle for something just because, you know, you're ready and anxious to get it out. I mean, what bothers me the most is if I hear anything on an, on an album and I knew it should be fixed or we could have done it better. But for whatever reason, we blew it off, didn't have time, didn't have money. That's my advice. Just never release anything until you know you can live with it the rest of your life because, trust me, it's only going to get worse as you hear it over time. It's just just always going to stand out in your mind. And, and that's a good thing with working with Phil. You know, you know, working with Phil, he makes sure, because he knows better than anyone what that's like, so... He will not release an album until we've all said we were happy and we're happy with the mixes and everything. And then, of course, that's how we did the Rigor Mortis album last year as well. We didn't leave until we were all satisfied and didn't have anything we were going to look back on and regret. 
Can you talk about some of the different stuff that's going to be in the raffle at the Mike Scotia event, June 14th? Sure, I think I mentioned some of it earlier, but yeah, I got so much. Like I said, we're going to have like five guitars um, that are people of, you know, Sammy's going to try to get a Jeff Hanneman um, guitar to raffle off, and we already got mm-hmm. one that's signed by Iggy Pop, and I got a couple of music stores around here donating and friends donating as well. Like I said, the really one of the coolest ones is the Sarah Scotia painting that she did. And um, she's got Mike's pick right in the center of the painting. Turner Scott Van Blockham, of course. I mean, he was from the band Sedition, and he goes way back. And he did all this crazy bone artwork, you know, and always had. He He did some stuff for ministry over the years. But he's donating this thing that he made like 20 years ago. And here's a little story. Mike, Paul Stanley gave Mike Scotia a guitar back in the early 90s, and Mike proceeded to smash it on stage at Lollapalooza at one of the shows. And Turner had built this, you know, like bone, wooden type box to keep it sort of preserved in for all these years. And he ended up giving that guitar to Mike's dad a few months ago, even though it's broken. It's, you know, it's Mike's guitar that he got from Paul Stanley that he smashed. So, but what I asked Turner if he would donate that that box, that bone art that he had kept it in all this time, and he's actually spent like a month on it, just fixing it up from there. So, and then if you notice, we've got people from all over. I mean, sending us rigor mortis patches and and, and right, shirts yeah, and. All kinds of stuff. I can't, you know, thank everyone enough for what they're doing. Um, well, hopefully there'll us. be uh, plenty of pictures, you know, for for us that can't make it. Yeah, I told somebody asked me the other day if they could video, and I said, man, I want everyone to take pictures and video this so we can share it with the rest of the world and always be able oh, to look yeah. back and go watch these videos. So yeah, I don't have to worry about that. I think for that week following the show, you're probably going to see so much being posted about it. All right. Well, thanks for coming on, Bruce. It was a great time. Yeah, man. I always enjoy talking with Nick. And uh, it was, uh, like I said, thanks again for having me. And, uh, you know, we ain't nothing without you guys wanting to help us, you know, spread the word about our bands and everything. So uh, anytime, man, I'm sure any of the other guys would be happy to come on and, and talk with you as well. All right, well, thanks again. You have a good one. All right, guys. Take care, man. Later. All right. I guess that pretty much wraps it up for this week then, Nick. Yeah, like, um, really fucking had a good time talking with Bruce. I hadn't talked with him since last September at the, uh, I think it was Starland Ballroom. So, uh, um, right, right, yeah. That's always a real treat. Great time tonight. All right, well, till next time, then you keep it metal. Hey. No Mac is a registered trademark of new audio concepts. Metal Mouth is copyrighted and cannot be used in part or in whole without the express written consent of new audio concepts. Metal Mouth is a registered trademark of new audio concepts. 
Metal Mouth is copyrighted and cannot be used in part or in whole without the express written consent of New Audio Concepts.